couple of weeks ago on 60 Minutes, a Facebook whistleblower caused a media storm by saying that the social media giant plays up negative stories in order to get more traffic. Well, you know, I'm nodding my head. Sure, they're right. But what should have been pointed out is who doesn't do that? I mean, in the news media, it's the old saw. If it bleeds, it leads. I mean, everyone does it. You know what? But I don't think there's a group who's been more effective, though, than environmental groups who have issued a litany of doomsday predictions. You might remember, you know, mass starvation or to overpopulation, end of civilization, to global cooling. Yes, global cooling. With the constant refrain that the world is going to come to an end if we don't take action immediately. And the motivation, well, it's just like Facebook's. Disaster, negative stories get attention. Maybe even helps raise some money in many cases. So let's not just point the finger at Facebook as my idea here. I mean, it's a common practice for years to play up the negative. Hey, we got a great example from this from this former spokesperson for Extinction Rebellion, Zeon Lights. Well, she talked about the strategy stating in quotes, a co-founder of Extinction Rebellion claimed that billions of people would die due to climate change by the end of the century. I refuse to defend that claim. It became a huge internal issue in Extinction Rebellion. Lots of people on my side saying we should retract the claim. There were lots of people on the other side saying if it woke people up, it didn't matter. Well, I don't think that's helpful. All that happens is a prediction doesn't play out and people think the whole thing's a hoax. End of quote. Well, I'm not sure which strategy is most effective. I mean, hype up the negative, scare people to death because it's going to get their attention or risk turning people off when the forecasts or the hyperbole don't play out. I mean, this is an important context, though, for COP26 in Glasgow. I mean, there's a huge number of people who seem to be tuning out our leaders after years, decades of alarmism, rhetoric that is long on virtue signaling, very short on practicality. As Lynn Alden, founder of Lynn Alden Investment Strategy, states, individuals and institutions are more interested in looking green, feeling green than being green. Despite all the COP meetings, we're now at 26, all the lofty targets, there's not a single realistic plan, for example, to obtain or produce the necessary rare earth minerals or other resources to produce or to go electric, to go renewable. You know, I get asked actually a fair amount about what my solution is. Well, first of all, I'm not in the alarmist camp. I think the hyperbole actually turns people off. That does the blatant attempt to use climate change as a rationale for more government control. I also think solutions are going to be found through technological advancement. And secondly, given that Canada contributes only 1.6% of global emissions, BC an estimated 15 one hundredths of 1%, Alberta 58 one hundredths of 1%. I'm a big fan of cost-benefit analysis. Not all solutions are equally effective and warrant the expenditure. So for me, the question is, what can we do that will get the biggest bang for the buck with the least cost to individuals and businesses? So since 2008, I've supported a revenue neutral carbon tax. In other words, all the money, 100% collected from carbon tax, must be returned to the individual and businesses that pay it. And by the way, 3,300 economists, including 27 Nobel Prize winners, who signed what's called the largest collective statement from economists in history, well, they all endorse a revenue neutral carbon tax as opposed to increasing regulations to achieve emissions goals. Well, they all agree with me. I do not not support a carbon tax that doesn't return every cent to the people and businesses who paid it. You know what's noteworthy is governments don't like the idea of returning all the money collected. You know, after BC introduced the only fully refundable revenue neutral carbon tax in 2008, it took just two years later for a new liberal government to start clawing back some of that revenue. And now the NDP government keeps over 80 percent 
simply a tax grab. The point to get, though, as COP26 convenes, is that despite the overwhelming support of economists, not a single government's introduced a revenue-neutral carbon tax, which may help explain, at least be part of the reason, the UN Environment Program study found that, in quotes, essentially there has been no real change, no real change in global emissions pathway in the last decade, end of quote, just as if no politics, or policies rather, had been put in place. Now, I'm not sure what we'd expect when virtue signaling takes precedent over practical solutions. But I like Winston Churchill's observation. He says, however beautiful the strategy, you should occasionally look at the results. Now, I appreciate that many people, maybe most, disagree. You may well, but I'm old-fashioned. Talk is cheap. Virtue signaling doesn't get it done. In fact, hey, look at today's energy prices. It costs you big money. And as the UN said, hey, it doesn't accomplish much.